And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Uh, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried all across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm your host today, Aaron Richards, and I'm joined here in studio with my uh, co-host and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. Hey, Dan. Hello, Aaron. You remember the story of St. Paul where he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, and his encounter didn't stop there. He didn't stay on the road, but he went to Damascus, and there he was awakened and empowered and equipped for mission. He was he was charged with the missionary call in with which he lived his life. And uh, so, too, we are called to live our missionary life as Christians. Um, Dan, I'm so excited. They're giving me another shot to lead the show today. Last week, I was, like, hacking my lungs out and... <laughs> <laughs> stuttering over my words. I don't know what was happening. You're but dying. Of no, it's it's a good day. Uh, we're so excited to be back. So um, we've got an awesome host today and, and a really exciting um, uh, topic as, as we dive into our identity as Christians. So um, Dan, would you open us in prayer this morning? Let's yeah, kick it off. Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we worship you. We adore you. We praise you. We give you glory for all that you've poured out upon us, Lord, and we pray that you would pour out more. We're hungry for more, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just allow us to experience the open heaven that Jesus Christ experienced uh, Mm -hmm. at at his baptism, that we would experience uh, the Holy Spirit falling upon us and walking and resting on us. We pray that we would experience the Father's voice and the Father's affirmation uh, declaring our identity uh, so that we would know who we are. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to grow today mm-hmm. from an, uh, a place of fear um, and uh, lack of confidence into an area of real boldness and courage, Lord. Mm. We pray mm. all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, so Aaron, yeah, just think about this biblical scene, all right? Mm-hmm. Jesus goes yeah, to go get baptized, it. right? Yep. And yep. It's uh, a good day. He, he presents himself so, at the Jordan River, and, you know, I don't know, it's just a normal everyday day, right? Swimming in the river. Yeah, just I'm going to go down to the river, and then what, what happens when he gets to this river? Yeah, well, so he, he walks to the river, and he sees this crowd of people, and they're crowded around this guy who happens to be his cousin, mm. and... Um, and they're hearing this this uh, radical invitation to repentance and baptism. And then Jesus allows himself to be baptized that day. And as he's being baptized, I love this. It says that the heavens were ripped open, right? And I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm all about looking at clouds and stuff like that. So if I were like laying down under a tree one day, looking at clouds, and then all of a sudden the heavens are ripped open. When's I, the last time you laid down <laughs> under a tree and looked at the clouds? <laughs> oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's because I have this fear that the heavens are going to be ripped That's right. No. That's right. That's right. Expected faith. <laughs> so the heavens are ripped open. And, yeah. And uh, and, and the, the Holy Spirit descends upon the Lord Jesus like a dove. So he, he walks into this scene, and um, it is for a long time. I think I had a, I had a complete misunderstanding of of this the story of Jesus's baptism. Why? Because in some like theological worldview, I was thinking to myself, Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. This is a stupid story, right? Completely unnecessary. Yeah, totally unnecessary. Uh, so Jesus Jesus does this for us to communicate an, an incredible uh, an incredible message. What will be the kind of the, the foundation point for our for our time today and yeah so so he goes he humbles himself to be baptized he allows john to baptize him um you know he referred later to john's baptism being a baptism of repentance right jesus didn't need a baptism of repentance but what he did 
was he was in 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 subjecting in humbling himself allowing himself to be baptized he he allowed his identity to be declared over him by someone greater than himself amen and and that's what's so neat as you hear as the holy spirit is uh, descending upon jesus you hear the words the voice of the father right and the father says behold this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased yeah and you know i i think on the mm-hmm. one hand the father was declaring the identity um, of Jesus for the sake of others, right? But uh, at the same time, I believe the father was declaring the identity of Jesus for his own sake, that that Jesus lived a lifestyle where he um, he only did what he heard the father saying and mm-hmm. what he saw the father doing, right? And so f- Jesus lived out of a place of intimacy with the father where all of his activity uh, would flow forth from his identity, right? Mm. What he did was based off of who he was. And that is ultimately the key <laughs> to uh, apostolic works. It it's sounds like an attractive way to live. <laughs> it's the key to evangelization. Yeah, that our activity would flow forth from our identity, that what yeah. we do would flow forth from who we are. So Jesus was able to heal the sick and raise the dead because, hey, I am the the beloved son of the Father yeah. with whom he is well pleased. And when Jesus would be rejected and uh, denied, the reason he was able to keep going and minister even through persecution, even through rejection, was because he wasn't living out of a, a performance mentality where he was trying to um, mm-hmm. seek the praise of man because he already had the affirmation of the Father. And I think what's so amazing is what if we would change the way we lived yeah. our life and that instead of living for the sake of the affirmation of man and for the from the affirmation of the world we live from a place of affirmation from the father yeah that we would go to a place in prayer and we would know who we are so deeply so profoundly and our intimacy with the father was so keen that every morning when i woke up the father would declare unto me this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased Amen. and because of that when others say, you know what, you're not good, or eh, I don't really like what you're doing, I wouldn't ever be wounded. I wouldn't yeah. have a spirit of rejection over me because I can't be rejected when I'm already accepted by the Father. Amen. We've said it before on the show. We'll say it again. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good, it's good enough, enough for, for me. me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and Jesus lives out of this perpetual affirmation of his identity through the words and through the presence and through access to his father, right? You were, you were referring to John five nineteen earlier that the son of man can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. And that word nothing is, is a little, uh, you know, that that's a word that that's, that's full of gray area, right, Dan? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder what, what it could mean. <laughs> yeah, how, is, <laughs> Maybe it means just most things, just Je- not everything. Jesus can do nothing on his own. He can do nothing on his own. He can do nothing on his own but only what he sees his father doing. And if Jesus can do nothing on his own, yeah. why do we try to do things on our Precisely. own? Precisely. Right? So I, I, identity is such a, it's, it's such a funny thing because um, in a lot of ways, our culture today is is just wrapped up in identity, right? And, that, and that's what we're going to hear from our guests later in this next, in the second segment. He's a man who um, has had a transformation in his life because he, he, he claimed his identity, right? Yeah. And I think what happens to us is when we really claim our identity, we make this move where I no longer care about the opinions of others and I'm free. And when I, when I no longer care about the opinions of others, not because I like somehow like uh, am liberated in a false way. It's because I'm so uh, grounded in my identity with the father and I'm so overflowing from a place of affirmation from the father 
Father's <laughs> blessing over me, then now I am liberated from the opinions of others that I can do, I, I, can, I can go out and minister freely or I can love freely without fear of others rejecting me yeah. because I can't, you can't be rejected when you're already accepted. That's yeah. the key. And Amen. if the Father finds me acceptable as his son or as his daughter, there is no place of rejection. And I'm free that I don't have to worry about what people think because I'm already acceptable. Yeah, that's right. It's it's really neat. Like, uh, you know, when when does when does this affirmation of Jesus' identity happen? Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's after his public ministry, right? It's after he's proven himself with miracles. It's after he's done all the right things that the Father says, "Okay, now I trust you." No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's it's the foundation point, right? The Father looks at uh, at Jesus, his Son, and he says, "You're my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased." Right. It, yeah. This is not an achievement-based culture. The, our, our sonship, our, our relationship with our Father is not one based on achievement. It's one based on identity. Yeah, I think a lot of times we're like, well, okay, so what do I have to do to become a great evangelist? Yeah. Or what do I have to do to bring others to Jesus? Or what do I have to do to become a better Christian, right? Not and, the way and it it's works. all about doing. Um, and it's like, okay, if I do enough, then I'll become. And Jesus is like, no, actually, first you become, you be who you and are. then you'll be able to do, Amen. right? The, the be, be transformed so that you can do. It's not do all these things, and then you'll be transformed. Oh, man. I hope that's encouraging to some of our listeners today. I, you know, I'm so excited. Our special guest, I'm just going to, I'm going to reveal it now. Oh, Our special guest is that he's a missionary from Damascus. Um, we didn't travel too far from home today, uh, but we've been, we've been really excited to share his story, uh, to, to give him the opportunity to share his story with you, our listeners today. We're going to, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Anthony Schmelzer, who is a second year missionary with us at, at, at Damascus and whose life has been transformed through an encounter with Jesus. So once again, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission, and we'll catch you after the break. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the angelic doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a basic textbook for young theology students that became the church's most famous and comprehensive guide to the faith, the Summa Theologica. It is still read today and helped earn him the title Doctor of the Church. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hello, Journey Home family. Next time, we'll welcome Toby Cook to the program. Toby is a former Lutheran and will share what led him to embrace the Catholic faith. Share the journey next time on EWTN's The Journey Home. The Journey Home with Marcus Grodi is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. Join us Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN radio and television. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus. I hope your break was enjoyable. We're so excited to be back where where encounter meets mission. And I'm so excited to welcome our special guest, Mr. Anthony Schmelzer. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Anthony. What's up, brother? Aaron, how are you? It's been so long since I've seen you. Oh, hours. Uh, so Anthony, I, I ruined this surprise a little bit. You're, you, Anthony is a missionary, a missionary at Damascus. Um, I, I forgot to introduce at the beginning of the show in, in case you're tuning in for the first time, Dan Demite and I, uh, were, were the hosts of this show beyond Damascus. And we actually, we run, a, uh, a, an organization called Damascus where 
where uh, we have a we have a community of missionary disciples who who are, our work is to awaken and empower and equip a generation to to live the adventure of their Catholic faith through world class programs and an environment of encounter, and um, and and we do that every day, especially through our summer camp activities and through our year round retreats, and it's lived out in in an incredibly powerful way through our Damascus um, full time missionary program, uh, where Anthony has been in formation for the last year and a half. Um, so Anthony, um, I'm, I'm excited to have you here, brother. Uh, thank you for your, thank you for your work laboring in the kingdom. And, um, I can't wait to, uh, to jump into your story with you. I've had the great pleasure of hearing it before. And I think you're going to be such a tremendous blessing to, uh, to this community. I'm excited too. Um, I love to share. Uh, yeah, this is, this is sweet. So we'll start, (laughs) we'll start in the beginning. Um, uh, you know, we we caught up with Paul kind of um you know in in his conversion story right right before uh before that encounter moment and we heard a little bit about his history and uh and could you give us just a little snapshot of um kind of wh- where your life was like when you met before you met the lord and and how it was that that moment of encounter was so impactful yeah uh so growing up uh, I grew up in Newark, Ohio, so not really even too far from Damascus and Centerburg right now. But, yeah, I had an amazing family. I just had one little sister, had two parents that were really great. Um, still have them. They're awesome. Uh, my mom <laughs> was, is a convert. She is amazing. She was the one who, when I was younger, she would be like, oh, I think we need to... I think we should pray with that stranger. I'm like, why? Why would we do that? Okay. <laughs> um, Mom, you're a crazy lady. <laughs> yeah, and then my dad. My dad was well. He was uh, been a cradle Catholic. It was like he was the rock of why we did things. It was like, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know why going to church is so good, but my life's always good when I do it, and I know that God's real, so it's worth my time, and I think it should be worth yours. And I was like, that's good enough for me. That's so I, up through my childhood, all the way through high school, um, was a decently good kid. Um, did most of the things right that I was supposed to, did some of the things I wasn't supposed to, but just like every other guy, I feel like. Um, but I always went to Mass, always had uh, some sort of concern, um, a very beginner's relationship with the Lord. I knew that was important, so I could keep the Lord along um, in whatever I decided to do as a person. Um, but as many people decide to do when they go off to college, I said, this is my time I've grown up in Catholic schools my whole life. I know a lot of this stuff. I've never really had much of a deep encounter with other people and different cultures and ways of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went to Ohio University uh, after my senior year of high school, in the fall of tw- or the yeah the fall of 2014, I decided that I was going to give the world a chance. I was going to give the things that the world was saying were fun a chance. The thoughts of other people, thoughts of other cultures a chance, and that was, for a little bit, kind of fun. Um, I got to hear some cool things, have some cool ideas, um, definitely had my fair share of fun. I met some really fun people uh, who, as they've grown in their walk in a different way, uh, were still, like, close. Um, but, yeah, basically for the, that year and a half, my sophomore year, or my freshman year, my first part of my sophomore year, I kind of did whatever I wanted. When I graduated from high school, I was one of the guys who was like, he's like a decently cool kid. Like no one, no one's an enemy of Schmelzer, but like I wasn't like the big popular guy on campus or anything. So I decided, you know what? I think it'd be really fun to be super cool and and well liked by everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's funny that you were saying that, Dan. Like 
just really decided to seek the affirmation of others. It was, it was really funny is I found it pretty fast. Uh, one of my, still, still some of my good friends to this day, although they are, uh, yeah, people who are chasing truth in a little bit of a less guided manner. Um, yeah, we just hit it off that first weekend, and we've been friends ever since. But we became this pack of like four or five freshman guys who were the ones who were going to, we could go to 15 different seniors' houses every weekend. Um, we were like living it up. It was, we thought we were so cool. All the older girls thought we were fun. Like that was the coolest thing ever, you know. When you get to college and all the 22-year-old girls think you're really fun. You're like, this must be it. This must be it. Oh, um, and for about, yeah, for about a year and a half we did that. Um, but I remember about Christmas time, my sophomore year of college, I just remember feeling like so, so tired and defeated. Um, and like when I would go home, it would actually be like a, like a, like a breath of life again. Cause I was mm. back with my parents. I was back in a place that had like a similar foundation, um, that just, I didn't take, didn't have with me at OU. Um, and then I was really blessed the second part of my sophomore year, to actually study abroad in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and nice. for the first time in my life, I was, like, totally alone. Like, I literally didn't know a person on this side of the world. Um, <laughs> so a combination of that and then chasing the affirmation of others when there wasn't anyone to give me affirmation, in that time of my life, it was like, okay, this is scary and I don't like it. <laughs> this is bad. Um, yeah, it was, like, the first time I felt, like, really alone. Um, but then it was really cool. One night, I remember I just had this moment with the Lord where I heard a guy on the street playing, or, or not on the street, in like one of those Irish pubs was playing mm-hmm. a song that caught my ear. And I remembered it was one that my parents used to lullaby me to sleep to. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, what, what's, well, that's crazy. And I remember like taking a video of it. And we, I was out with some people that I met. And when I got back home, I just remember watching it. And I was like, oh, wow. And the Lord just, like, spoke very clearly for the first time in a long time in my life. Like, like I've always been here with you. And I was like, mm. well, okay, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, and so then from that moment, uh, I, I, I didn't yet decide to change anything. I knew that the Lord was real. and It was more so of, like, a boost of, like, you're going to be okay right now. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, awesome. So I went and I had, like, some more adventures. Um, And then when I got back to school, I had, we had just gotten a house at OU, so we were still living, still living the culture a little bit, but I remember being about halfway through my first semester, and was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't going to do it anymore, like, grades are starting to slip, starting to feel actually less of like a desire to impress people, and actually at the party scene, and the things within the party scene were becoming more of like a dependence, Uh, I was like, I was actually needing this to like, be happy to like move on to like get through the day a little bit. So while people might've seen a guy who was leading organizations could hang out with everyone on campus, had a bunch of friends, was actually like very tiring and I just didn't have any life in me. Um, but actually before that, so I kind of went through this process, but that summer before my junior year of college, I had a friend of mine who was on a similar walk and, a good friend of ours, Father Jonathan Wilson, mm-hmm. had convinced my one friend to, uh, if he wanted to cut, stop the lifestyle he was living, to come and go to a place called Catholic Youth Summer Camp and serve there for the summer. Um, and he was having 
uh, a great time as I was just back at home working. And then I remember him texting me and saying, hey, I think you should come out and see this place. Uh, this is CYSC. C-C-Y-S-C. It's amazing. And I remember saying, I don't want to go to Jesus camp. And he said, you should come see CYSC again. <laughs> and I guess that was Jesus pretty good. Like, it worked. <laughs> simple, a simple repetition of that got me there. Um, and there was a night when they had adoration outside. And I remember just being like, so it was peace, and this was really good. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And then I came back for the closing mass that Friday. Um, and I, was, I remember seeing a couple of people, Brad Piron and Gina Sicuti, like on stage um, at the end of the closing mass. And they were going nuts, but they were, like, totally free and joyful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what in the heck do these people have <laughs> that I don't? Like, what, what, what is in them? What, are they, what do they know that I don't? Um, yep. And then that experience was enough for me to decide to spend the summer before my senior year of college um, at Damascus. I was able to say no to doing a good public accounting internship. I studied accounting in college, and... They know to a place like EY or Deloitte so that I could spend the summer counseling middle schoolers. Um, but what the Lord did in my life then was he began like a really great work, um, just being around people that I knew I needed to be with. Um, and so in that moment, I had decided that I think this is where the Lord wants me to be. After I graduate, um, I know I have a specific skill set that a lot of people I've met over the summer don't necessarily have, so I think there might be a place for me. I remember having conversations with Dan about being doing some business work, um, whatever that would look like, mm-hmm. uh, at Damascus. And he very, very smoothly, uh, I don't even think I was realizing it at the Tricked time, you. Um, I totally <laughs> thought I was going to be a 9-to-5-er, and I, am one, I was 100% a missionary, but I, <laughs> so if you work Dan... Um, but yeah, again, that's, gotcha. like where I, that's where I was at yeah. developmentally. And it's it, like, you it want a job? So I have well. a job for you. It just <laughs> re- <laughs> means being a missionary. <laughs> yes, and it was it was good. It got me where I needed to be. Um, but that was like the first time that I'd actually laid it on the line for the Lord. I was like, okay, I'm here where you want me to be. Yep. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm here. And actually in that moment um, is when things began to like, really shift. Uh, before the summer mm. starts, we always have a, we call it like our equip conference. Yep. Um, and I just remember uh, there was a day, there's a night of prayer that we were having, um, just allowing the Holy Spirit to enter our lives, um, just to like flood us. And I remember that evening um, having my first real encounter with Jesus. Um, I actually remember the summer that I was there first, People talk about how they knew Jesus, how they knew Jesus. And I'd actually felt like I'd had a relationship with the Lord in some way. Um, but I also heard people say, like, I met him. Like, I met him. And I was like, oh, man, what is I don't know if I know that. I don't know if I know him like that. But this night, I was able to meet Jesus. And, like, all the things that like, I had, I had like, striven, like, I had to strive for had been satisfied. Like, all the popularity that I was seeking, um was no longer like a thing because I had I had saw the Lord like look at me and love me more than anyone else had and I was like that's amazing all the things that I was chasing in terms of like physical pleasure um and like having fun he was just like kept spoken or speaking over me that he was better 
yeah. like that he was better in, in like a very tangible way. Um, yeah, he just made that happen. It was a very, very powerful, like loving, intimate encounter that I was just filled with, just filled with peace. Um, <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's there. give yeah. Jesus glory for that. Thank you, yeah. Lord. That's yeah. so great. I love to say, you know, if, if God is real, don't you think he wants us to know he's real? And if, if God loves us, don't you think he wants us to know that he loves us, you know? And like, I just love that, that he wants to reveal his love to mm-hmm. all of us. And I think, you know, Anthony, your story is pretty similar to a lot of Catholics in that there's a element where we can, um, we can know about the Lord and, and be even doing the Lord's work and going to mass and be faithful to the Lord and yet not have had a transition into intimacy with the Lord. And, um, and or 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 deep friendship with him, and um, yeah. if, if that if that testimony um, kind of calls out to your heart, listeners, and there's something in you that says, "Man, I want I want to go to the next level in my relationship with Jesus. That I want to come to know Him more, love Him more, and uh, experience His love um, in a way that Anthony just described." Just ask the Lord for that. Like, go after Him and ask Him. You don't have to be at a equipped conference. You don't have to be at a, a, a retreat. Uh, it can happen at any moment um, where the the Lord just wants to break in and open mm-hmm. the heavens in your own life and speak His love and His affirmation over you. That's really amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that, Anthony. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the so what? Like, I, I it's funny because I was like a kind of an outsider looking on to your life in this moment, in these moments, and the, it was like okay, game changing moment, like shift, like you like it's like after that experience, you shifted into high gear and you became a a bold evangelizer of the gospel that was fearlessly open to the Holy Spirit. And um, what what do you feel like um, after that experience? What propelled you in, into boldness? What propelled me into boldness? Yeah, I think um, after that moment, it was just like, okay, this is actually, like, worth doing. Like, this is worth not just, like, taking a piece of my life for, but, like, if this is what if this is what it's going to be like, then this is worth, like, just putting it all on the line for. And actually, I think that was, that's what's, like, most attractive about it is no one wants to, like, invest in something that's going to get like a minimal return or no one wants to put in like two bucks to make like four, you know, people want to put in all that they got and triple it. Um, and I think that's exactly what I was seeing is like in that moment, it was like, okay, so I decided to give my career, which in, in humility, like I know is filled with like great secular potential mm-hmm. and to put it on the line for the Lord. And then to just like have my intern, like my internal self be changed. I'm like, Whoa, okay. I, I just, <laughs> if this is like the first step, I wonder what's going to keep going. So I think what happened is like, once the Lord like proved, like showed me, not necessarily proved himself, but like once I encountered that piece of the Lord, it was almost like a, uh, it was almost like, okay, now what is he going to do? Now what's he going to do? So it actually turned in more of an, into like an exciting, <laughs> like an exciting thing. Like, okay, well, if I put that on, I wonder what he'll do with this. Um, so as I, just, as I began to like put myself out there, uh, even just like with campers, um, a big part of our ministry is just looking like ridiculous in front of campers so that they like are able to break down walls and receive the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, so I, if I like give up my life and I receive this, if I just like look like a fool and other kids can do that, like I wonder what would happen. So it was like, I'm just going to put myself out there without any like shame because I don't need to worry about like what these kids think of me yep. because I know who I am. And you know, it's these are the campers. Like it's my job to do this anyway. Um, 
feel like I was able to put myself out there in different ways because, like, it just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Like, I began to know that. No, like, I'm I'm sweet, and because I have Jesus, like, I can do anything. So it was like it didn't. Like, the battle just didn't seem to like have to happen anymore. It was more of like a game between myself and the Lord playing catch yeah. more so than it was like fighting someone else. That's sweet. It's <laughs> almost like Anthony, the father, looked at you and said, "Hey." You're my son, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. Like that bird came down, and I got filled. <laughs> <laughs> you got filled with the bird. Oh, that's awesome! I and love uh, it. You're, you're so um, two things. Number one, thank you for sharing. Um, I, I think you're a little a little humble, even in uh, in in sharing the impact that you bring to our community. Um, Dan was just sharing that that kind of explosive transformation that he saw in you, and. Um, and I'll, I'll affirm it. So, uh, I, I work as, uh, as the executive director for operations at Damascus and, um, Anthony within the, you know, within your work in our finance department, you're like, we, we're doing regular meetings together and we were having a conversation the other day that was really neat. And, um, I was, I was sharing with you that, you know, nowhere else other than Damascus, do you see like the, you know, the, the accountant, the bookkeeper, um, finish up work and uh, run upstairs to lead energizers as the MC at mealtime or to like adopt some ridiculous persona on stage and put himself out there or act in the role of a small group leader or a teacher on, on one of these retreats. And it's, it's just such, such a, a really interesting um, and impactful juxtaposition to see that, that you're able to, you're able to be a part of the team that not, that carries the professional identity of what it is that our mission's called to do, while at the same time realizing that your fundamental call as a disciple is as one who introduces people to an encounter with Jesus. Yeah, it's been such a blessing, too. Um, a lot of conversations. I remember one of my best friends that I was talking about in the beginning, his name's Brian, he came and visited me uh, up here at camp, and I just remember like him seeing like the lodge and everything being like, when I thought you said, like, lodge, I was expecting, like, bigger cabin and, like, the mm-hmm. things that you got, like, what's going on here? He's, like, even someone who doesn't really know the Lord is able to see that, like, not only is this, like, good for me as yeah. a person, but it's actually, like, just an answer to, like, a call in my life. So I want to hear how, uh, I want to hear how that, th- this transformation from, you know, this, this uh, where encounter met mission, how that's transformed your relationship with your parents and even with your friends. <clears throat> yeah. With those that are close to me, and it's really cool, um, I think, a lot of times, too. So, first of all, yes, it has, like, just, like, affected things. It's shaped things. Um, And what's really cool is I'm just now beginning to see some of the fruit of, like, that sacrifice. Yeah. um, Of that lack of communication with some of my, like, friends I was really close with um, because it was, like, where I needed to be. Um, Yeah, so, like, at first, when I remember asking Monica Richards, Aaron's wife, um, at the beginning of that summer when I first signed on to be a full-time missionary, like, what do I do? Like, how do I communicate with people that I've spoken with every day for the last, like, four to 22 years? And she goes, a lot of times you've got to, like, lay those on the altar because the Lord's called you to a certain place. And that wasn't easy. Um, what had happened is the relationships in my life that, like, the Lord actually wasn't calling me to, like, take a heavy role in um, have kind of, like, slipped away, but the ones where the Lord has, like, called for me to bring in, bring the light in a more tangible way, like, now and probably in the near future, have, have like, actually just, like, sustained 
a normal gap in relationship. Like it was pretty normal post college. Um, yep. Yeah, like a lot of my friends have been like cradle Catholics, and I actually get to like talk talk with them about like what is well, like why are you doing the things that you're doing? Yeah. Um, like so, I have a good friend of mine who's a teacher at the public school in Newark, and he's just like rattling his head whenever I talk to him. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I like communicate that? These kids are living a hard life, but it's, like, not their fault, and they need the Lord, but, like, I could get fired if I talk about Jesus. It's like, well, you need to just, like, set that example and, like, we'll pray together um, uh-huh. and just, like, communicate with him, like, how we can set a character tone and actually how he doesn't need to worry too much, because if he's being Jesus, these kids are going to begin to see Jesus, but to just, like, be bold as he can. Um, relationships with a lot of my friends from college, they don't know the Lord. They don't go to church, but even when I was doing the same things they were. Um, it's amazing how merciful the Lord is just to see that actually what's happened is I think a lot of people are just like, well, I, I can trust Anthony um, because of who he is. Yep. And I have conversations all the time with a lot of my friends who are, would some would say they're just like agnostic. Some would say have some very interesting views about the world, but we, we just have conversations about that. Um, or like, so he's like, I just feel like I can't even imagine how there's like a God over everything. It's like, well, yeah. like you can't see him in science in the certain ways that you're thinking about it because like he's outside of that, like we're his creation. So a lot of it is just like step by step, um, walking with these people with some of my friends they are like, I can't like, I'm really struggling because I'm having a hard time finding a job. And like, I just don't know how the Lord would actually work in my life right now. And we pray on the spot. That's a big thing is, like, I don't try to ask people if I can pray with them, like, pray for them later. It's like, well, let's pray right now so you can experience the Lord's peace in a similar way that I did in this moment and know that, like, I love you enough to yep. just stop where I am right now. And in my family, it's been really cool. Um, my dad's one of seven. My mom is one of three. Um, my mom, So, like, in my extended family, people are coming back into the church um, which is so cool. People are getting married, and their their new spouses have, like, entered the church. Um, people are, like, receiving the Eucharist again because of, like, annulment, like a, annulments that have finally gone through, uh, things like that. So in a very tangible way, like, when I don't want to even do anything, <laughs> a lot of times are, like, the mm-hmm. seven to ten hours a year that I get to spend with my extended family is, they're like, what are you doing? And it's very easy to talk about Jesus because that's all I've been doing the last like two years. Um, yeah. And they're just like, wow, like you actually really care about what you're doing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, for sure I do. Like this is is worth it. I remember having a conversation. We Schmelzers do the uh, the Christmas in July thing. Oh and yeah, we hit a Schmelzer party. One of my cousins. Is I want to like, be at a Schmelzer family party someday. Sounds like they should make wild. a movie of that. <laughs> You of all people, Dan, would be so blessed with Schmelzer's um, Christmas in July. I'm going to that movie. Yeah. But even then, my one cousin, she was just like, she has a five or six year old, and she was like, we just want to get her into like a good school. You know, I think the Christian school is going to be like a good place because it's like, there's just good people there. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And actually, the Christian school is really good because like, they like take into effect that like Jesus isn't just like a smart person, but like he's real, you know, and there's mm-hmm. pushback there. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he does have good teachings. I'm like, yeah, 
he's real. <laughs> like, he's alive. And it's like, you see it in people's eyes when, like, their old little cousin Anthony no longer is like, yeah, you're, like, you're older than me. You know what you're talking about. But, like, I've uh-huh. met someone that you haven't yet. Um, and it's, like, that's actually a really good decision, even if you don't understand why it's happening. So just to see, like, the conviction in people's faces, um, because I know what I'm talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, so good. Anthony, a lot of times when people um, encounter the Lord, they're afraid to go back to their... Um, their, uh, if you will, their old friendships or their, you know, like I have a new life in Christ now and it's hard to go back to the old life because that old man is dead and I'm the new man. Uh, you, you've you been transformed in Christ Jesus and the old has passed away and new things have come in your own life, but you've been able to maintain friendships with those um, who you knew before, right? When you were the old man and you were making decisions that weren't for the Lord and, and were even outside of the Lord's vision. And, and they know the past decisions you made, you know, how did you, how did you maintain that? Um, how have you kept, uh, I guess, why, why'd you go back to them with a fearlessness that you weren't going to be rejected and why weren't you rejected? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of that, certain people has been just like, a huge blessing to have friends who are who are genuinely seeking truth and who are genuinely seeking um, satisfaction in life mm-hmm. and are just look like looking in the wrong places. Um, so that's a big blessing. And like I spoke to earlier, a lot of friends who like aren't who are just like looking for nothingness. Um, I think the Lord's kind of called them to like keep looking for nerd. He, he's not necessarily calling me to step into that with a whole lot of. Uh, commitment at this point um, for some people because he's going to do his thing. But a lot of the people that I've been able to continue to walk with, like they're seeking, and I can and I can speak to that. Um, and I think a lot of that is because it's an invitation and not, uh, yeah, it's just not like a a burn if you don't kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's never about the, the these friends of mine um, who are necessarily doing the wrong thing because they don't think their heart's in the wrong place necessarily. It's just like they're all these other things in their life. They're just like caught up. They're just like caught up in tough stuff. They're caught up with, in reality, just like the darkness that's in the world. Um, so no, it's like having confidence that, well, I carry the light. Um, they don't need to be baptized tomorrow for me to be a successful missionary. And that leads back to what you're saying, too, like taking the performance out of it. I think at first I did struggle with that a lot. Like, if I don't talk about Jesus and I don't, like, yell at my friends for, like, drinking too much, like, I'm a bad Catholic. And that's wrong. Like, Jesus went to these people who, I mean, he went to the prostitutes and the tax collectors and just sat with them, heard them, and then Mm -hmm. spoke truth and loved them. Um, And so it's been, like, first of all, taking that pressure off of myself to be like, well, I'm not their savior, but I do know their savior. Um, mm. So just like, yeah, like I, I, I can't do anything, but he can do everything. And it's also just like building, like I've had authentic relationships for the most part with a lot of people. Like just like the Lord's really blessed me to be pretty confident in myself. Um, I spoke to like before in college, I um, was, was like definitely seeking a lot of things. But yeah. after I kind of found that, there was like a, a certain level of confidence that wasn't still like, well, I can like take on the world. Like I don't like it, but I could. <laughs> so like there was like an, even an element of confidence that the Lord used in that. But 
just being vulnerable with people, like, how's it going? Like, man, like, it's really cool to see, like, dozens of kids' lives change because they met Jesus on this retreat. And they like, that's a sentence for someone who doesn't know anything about the church or, like, Jesus to, like, handle, but, like, they hear the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the cheat code, I think, is, like, the name of Jesus is powerful, so even if they don't know what it, like, the power that it holds, like, I'm going to keep saying it until they realize that I think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> and then, they'll, then we can maybe talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I think there's, um, there's an element, too, of, like, when we uh, speak to people and they ask us questions, we're, we're in charge of the way we answer that question, and we can do it in a way that elevates what God is doing or um, almost, like, kind of doesn't give God the glory he is due, right? And, I, you know, I think about mm-hmm. just, like— it, being able to cast a vision of like, yeah, Jesus is changing people's lives on these retreats. Like people want to hear about that. Like, oh, wow, people's lives are being changed versus like, oh, yeah, we run retreats for middle schoolers, right? Like there's a way that we can answer questions that actually give God glory as opposed to putting him in a box. And I, I, I think sometimes we we do that because we don't want to sound like um, crazy. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. so, so what happens is we just give kind of a, a yeah. natural answer as opposed to just elevating it a little higher so that people can see that, that God is moving. How's your family? Like, right. Like someone asked a question, like, how's your family doing? Oh, they're doing well. This is happening. This is happening. Or are you able to cast that answer in a way that like, Glorifies yeah, the, the Lord is actually really blessing my family right now. Like we went through some, some difficulties financially and God provided, and we just feel like we're just amazed by the blessings that the father is pouring out upon our family. Like there's a way to answer questions to really evangelize people by not like, speaking at all about like where they're at, but simply how God is blessing you as an individual. Yep. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we want to hear a few, uh, we'll have time for a few miracles that you've seen in ministry and how God has worked in powerful ways. Cause we love giving God glory. So, um, we're going to take a short break back. We'll hear, uh, a few amazing, fun, glory, God glorifying stories. You're listening to beyond Damascus. And it is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and we will be right back. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. Do you remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good, he said. Only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And Anthony has shared his incredible life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ that has propelled him into a life of insane apostolic mission Uh where he is just sold out for the gospel. I don't know if you can tell, but Anthony is joyful. And and this is not because he's trying to put on a show for radio. He actually lives in a state of joy because he's encountered Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has filled him with the fruit of joy. So, Amen. Anthony, thank you so much. And I believe the Holy Spirit's also filled you with love. And we like to brag on um, just what God has done in people's lives and miracles that God has, um, that we've seen. And I know you, you know, you've, you've been, um, 
very uh, eager, you said it earlier in the show, not just to pray for people, but to pray with people. And I think there's a, uh, a yeah. really neat shift that can happen in our own like day-to-day ministries. So you don't have to be a missionary at Damascus to pray with people, that you, like anyone and any of our listeners can, when someone is struggling and you're you're talking to them, it's... Um, it's easy to say I'm going to be uh, I'm going to pray for you or I'll keep you in my prayers. Um, it, something really neat happens when we say, "Can I? Can we stop and pray right now for that?" Um, because then it gives us the opportunity not only for the Lord to work a miracle then and there, but also an opportunity for us to to just love that person. You yeah. know, um, I was. Uh, it just it's amazing how. When when you enter into a time of prayer, people's hearts are exposed, mm. and you're able yeah. to bring them to the Father in a way that, uh, and almost show compassion in a way that when I simply say, can I pray with, I mean, I'll pray for you, it just doesn't happen in the same way. And so I love your boldness and and always asking people if you can pray right then and there. Yeah. M- might you share a few stories of prayer ministry that you've had in the last year or so? For sure. Um, yeah, and I totally just like, agree with everything you're saying. It is such a blessing to do that. Um, sometimes it's awkward at first, but it always ends up great. Um, that's part of that, too. But <laughs> I, I, I actually asked someone uh, this past week, because um, I, you know, I, I was trying to ask more strangers if I could pray for them right then and there. And, and <laughs> I got for the first time, someone said, no thanks. <laughs> but first time out of quite a few times is pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing. Pretty good that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, there's a couple of stories that come to mind um, that are very similar. But uh, yeah, one, so we have a family friend of mine uh, last fall, probably like just a year, almost a year ago, um, who was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And um, yeah, it was just like very sad, very scary. They have an awesome, amazing family. And she is just an incredible woman. Uh, and it was just like really, really hard. And my mom called and was like, we got to, this is like tough. I know, but, um, I bet you she would, I bet you she'd like be open to like praying. And I was like, yes, let's (laughs) do that. Um, so I got two friends of mine from Damascus, uh, guys who have kind of showed me how to be step into the boldness. Um, and we went over, they didn't know this lady at all. Um, so we go over and as to their, to their house, um, and they weren't, it sounds weird, it wasn't like a party, um, it was not like a party thing, but like they had like a gathering of sympathy, if you will, um, and we went in there, she didn't really have any idea that we were going to do this, we're talking to like people, um, and I was just like, hey, like, I just wanted to say, you know, I just wanted to be here with you, and like she was already moved that like I had been there, just to like be like just a lover um and i was like can we pray for you and she was like oh for sure like definitely like pray for me and i was like okay like can we pray like now and she was like okay uh yeah okay let's do it um so like everyone uh kind of just like gathered up um which was really cool to see like the whole like almost the whole body of people that was there probably 20 people to like be with us in that moment um we simply just laid hands Mm. on her and we asked for uh, God to just be in her, for the presence of the Holy Spirit to come, uh, asking the Lord that if it is His will to take to take this away, take this cancer away, and then actually stepping into boldness, like speaking to that cancer, um, just like you know Jesus commanded 
diseases and demons to leave, just saying, like, you don't belong here, and we're just proclaiming heaven's health upon her. Um, and she was really moved by that. It was actually really cool, because uh, after that, we had a little bit of, like, a Holy Spirit party going on. Um, we prayed with, like, ten other people just for little, just for different things in their life, um, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then I remember, like, two weeks later, my dad calls. Uh-huh. He goes, hey, did you hear? I'm like, hear what? He's like, there, she went in for tests. So like, she went in today to like prepare to remove the cancer. And there's just like a ti- there's like a tiny fragment of non-cancerous like obscure cell. I don't know what the words are. Like, yeah, like a like it, like it wasn't cancer anymore. And I just remember being sh- absolutely shook. <laughs> um, and I was with my friend, and I was like, she's healed. Like, the cancer was gone. And he was like, Woo, are you serious? Jesus. And we just start, yes. like, we just go into our room, and we are just, like, praying, like, Thanksgiving, but also, like, a repentance cycle. Like, Lord, I didn't know if that was actually going to happen. <laughs> I didn't know if going to happen. But you did it. Um, oh, and then, like, man, her lifestyle, so cool. she, like, has changed her lifestyle a little bit, and she's just, like, living, she's, like, healthier and better um, than she has in a long time. Amen. Um, Amen. So that was sweet. That was sweet. Oh, man. Um, Thank you for sharing um, that one. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony, I love that because so it. I don't know if you've. Um, it's not easy in a group of twenty people to yeah. be like, "Hey, can can we pray for you right now for healing?" Because it's uh, you're stepping out in faith and expectation, and it's uh, that can be scary around, especially friends and family members that you know. And so, just the the act of boldness itself um, to place yourself in in the Father's providence as opposed to depending on yourself, um, it, it was a grace right there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so, Anthony, we have like five minutes left, and so we're going to we're gonna wrap up the show today. We I just want to thank uh, you so much for sharing with just such boldness and courage uh, what God has done in your life. And uh, the, the beautiful thing is, how old are you? Uh, twenty four in January. Twenty four in January. You're like you're like the kid that like like rounds up. I'm six and a half, Dad. I'm six yeah. and a half. Six, so so yeah. So twenty three <laughs> years old, and the um and the uh, you know what what I love is when when we're young, we're just able to say, "Oh man, Lord, I have an entire life Amen. Uh, to to serve you." That you're just getting started, and yeah. God is going to use like give me decades, Lord, decades and decades of service to you and bringing you glory so thank you so much Praise anthony Lord, brother um we're we're so blessed by your uh by your ministry so god bless yeah. you man god bless you guys thanks for all that you've done to allow myself and all the other young kids here who are got the whole future ahead of them <laughs> those who will uh, be 24 so. in january <laughs> some of them Amen. are 26 and three quarters <laughs> oh Amen. awesome god all right bless so you, brother. aaron uh anthony's testimony is so encouraging what stood out to you the most yeah well i just like i like we started the show today i love the fact that that truly identity was the foundation from which he was like that was the place where he where he struggled and that was the place where he found success that was the place where he found victory Amen. Yeah, I think there's such a profound shift that happens in our life when we're we're no longer afraid of what other people yeah. are going to say about us or think about us, yeah. and we're just gonna we're just gonna do what the Holy Spirit asks us yeah. to do. I have I have two really quick stories about Anthony. I'll try to be so fast. So uh, one cool thing is it's hilarious because I'll be sitting on the phone. I'll be sitting at my desk next to Anthony in the office, and he'll be um, he'll be like calling someone to tell them about their expired credit card. And I'll just, I'll sense this, uh, I'll sense this change in his, like in his demeanor. 
as he enters into this time of like intense prayer um, with a person. He's like, I'm so sorry that your family's struggling in that way. Like, can we pray right now over the phone? Yeah. Oh yeah. And can you pay your bill? And it's just, it's just so cool to see him live his life on mission. And um, then one, one other awesome story, cause he's such a man who's driven by faith. And I think this is what happens when you come to realize who you are and who you were called to be. Um, we had a camper who, who, uh, who lost his, lost his life to cancer um, a year ago. And I was in the hospital uh, with his family visiting them. They're about, they're, I don't know, two and a half hours from Damascus. And uh, retreat was just finished. Um, Anthony was just finishing up a, a day of a long work. And um, th- th- I don't know, they were shooting us out of the room. And all of a sudden, Anthony like texts me and asks, can I still come? Is there still time? And he shows up in the room. Nobody knows the guy. And he says, hey, I prayed for a woman and she was healed from cancer. So I, I drove from Damascus to pray with you. Yeah. And I was just like, holy cow, like that's the kind of faith yeah. that, that comes when you know your identity. And we didn't have time to share the other <clears throat> testimonies, but, um, <laughs> you know, we were asking Anthony, like, can you share some of the miracles? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll share a few of the people that I've seen cured from cancer. <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh, uh, just a few, you know, like the, so the, good. the God has shown, um, shown him that like, it's not just that one story, yeah. but because he, he grew in boldness and faith yeah. in that moment. Now he, he's prayed with other people and they've seen breakthrough and, and freedom from cancer, like tests, like Amen. cancer is completely gone. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up the show today. Um, I, I happen to know where Anthony is serving on mission, so I'll, I'll brag for him. Uh, if there's any, if there's any young adult uh, who's listening to the show today, or if you know any young adult in your life who you're thinking, man, what what he's experienced there, I want for myself, or I want for this person that I know. Check out our application for our missionary program at damascus.net/mission. Damascus.net/mission. Um, we're going to close our, our our show today in, in prayer. Dan, go ahead and kick us off. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for two amazing miracles to pour out right now. I pray that um, the the Father's love would just be poured out upon our listeners right now. Mm-hmm. Father, that you would just pour out your love and you would allow our listeners to experience a spirit of sonship that would fall on them. Come Holy Spirit, send a spirit of sonship that we would know our Father loves us right now, yeah. Lord. Father, just let your voice be spoken over our listeners that they would hear you say, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. Amen. And Jesus, uh, as Anthony was sharing those testimonies of, of cancer, God, I pray that anybody who, who is suffering from cancer right now mm-hmm. um, would experience your powerful love poured out in healing in their body. Um, in the name of Jesus, cancer be healed. And, and God, we trust in your providence. We trust that you can bring the good from the bad, and we trust in your will for healing. Um, God, we love you, and we thank you for this testimony, and we thank you for the call that you've placed on Anthony's life and on ours. Once again, Beyond Damascus is where encounter meets mission. Check out the show on stgabriel.com, stgabrielradio.com, or anywhere across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Download our podcast online, and we'll catch you next week. God bless.